Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and from my family to yours, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, uh, all that bunched into one as we uh, do this podcast uh, after Christmas and, um, you know, let the festivities begin. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having some time to spend with family and friends and, um, Really, you're you're in this weird period before we head into 2024. I, I'm actually recording this on on Tuesday, December 26th, and for some of you guys, some of you guys got work, and other you guys don't know what the hell to do uh, between the 26th to January 1st. If you guys are out of town, spending time with family, but um, what a time! <laughs> what a time in the NFC West because uh, a lot of things had happened in in Week 16 and. Once again, my apologies. I, I did not do the pod. I was slated to, but then between work and the holidays and getting everything ready, um, the podcast took a, a backseat. And so here I am right now to to really recap what had happened in the NFC West. And you know, for those that do know me, I am um, the Niners are are a team I I, I do tend to read for and. Uh, between the Ravens and the Niners for Monday Night Football, the Christmas special, it kind of, kind of, not gonna lie, kind of ruined my Christmas. But at the same time, too, it's it's another moment as a fan, as a uh, avid podcaster, just to keep it all in perspective. You know, uh, the Niners got their asses handed, but there are a lot of things to to look forward to, like, well. Christmas, the holidays, and just being in each other's company. So I, I did watch the game with my uncles and cousins, and there was a particular Bears fan uh, that I was watching it with that did not make the game so pleasant, especially since Purdy threw four interceptions. But uh, I digress. Let's go ahead and, and talk about uh, what had happened in, in Week 16 and onwards to Week 17. So even earlier on Thursday Night Football, the Rams hosted the Saints on Thursday Night Football, and I was actually uh, with a couple of friends to celebrate winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, uh, on that Thursday. And uh, we, well, I I caught glimpses of the game. I was able to watch it more thoroughly after, but the Rams had handled the Saints 30-22. to And if you look at the score, it looks a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, They won by eight points, but they were up considerably most of the game. Um, The Saints made a a quote-unquote comeback at the end. But the biggest story for that is... Stafford led the league for that week in court, with a quarterback rating, I believe, of 91. Um, Puka Nakua, oh my God, nine catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown. To I, I at this rate, then with the next two games, he has an opportunity to break the all-time rookie record in receiving yards. And Kyron Williams, 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Outside of CMC, and I said it last week too, he's making a case to being the best running back in fantasy football or football in general. I mean, ever since he's come back from the IR, this offense with Sean McVay, now that they have a respectable run game, you're seeing Stafford in play action, and you're seeing this offense go right now. Really exciting for the Rams, and whose house? It could be the Rams' house because with an 8-7 and seven record and the, uh, the tiebreaker, against the Seahawks because the Rams have beaten the Seahawks on both occasions. Um, if the Rams were to win out, they pretty much have that last wild card spot for the playoffs. 
which is incredible considering where they were earlier on in the season to where they are now. Uh, shout out to this draft class, Kyron Williams from last year, pretty much a rookie this year, first time being the feature back. Puka Nakua in the fifth round. Uh, Steve Avila, guard in the second round. And, you know, there's some other guys too. Byron Young in the third round with six sacks. Kobe Turner, defensive tackle in the third round. So even uh, Davis Allen tied in in the fifth round. Like, you know, they're not all like surefire stars like Puka Nakua, but they're, uh, if you count like four or five of those players that I just mentioned, that's a really solid draft class. And uh, they might have cut some corners because, you know, they're supposed to be a rebuilding, retooling team. And, uh, Lo and behold, they're, they're slated to make the playoffs if they uh, play their cards right. So just just overall, uh, a pretty exciting time. Uh, the Rams got that done. Let's see what else. The, the Seahawks took care of business uh, at Tennessee. They won 20-17, to 17, and this was a pretty cool game too. It, it was going back and forth between the Seahawks and the Titans. And then um, Geno Smith uh, coming back from injury. The previous week, Drew Locke had led them on a amazing comeback against the Eagles, and look, the Seahawks are still alive. The Seahawks, with Geno Smith, ran a two-minute drill and were able to find their tight end, Kobe Parkinson, in the end zone for the win, for the win, for the go-ahead touchdown. Um, so just to recap that, the Rams have an 8-7 record. The Seahawks have an 8-7 record. The Rams have the tiebreaker, so it's up to, you know, it's on the Rams, but then at the same time, too, if the Rams start losing and the Seahawks win on right, uh, they would have the second wild card spot. The first wild card spot is going to go between either the Cowboys or the Eagles, who are fighting amongst each other in the MC East. Uh, pretty interesting times. And then you have the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals went on the road to the Bears. They lost 16-27. to uh, It was... Um, Early on, it seemed like the, the Bears were doing their thing. Justin Fields was tearing up this front seven as a dual threat quarterback. I mean, it wasn't pretty pretty, but you know, Justin Fields had a, a two-score lead, and then they made it interesting. I think they got it down to 24-16. Uh, the Cardinals had a chance to, to come back and, and tie in the end, but then um, they, they couldn't get it done. Uh, fourth down, turnover and downs. Trying to make trying to make a play, Bears kicked a field goal to get the game out of reach. But I mean, overall for, for this game, it was um, uh, it's it's interesting. You know, it's it's two losing teams, and for the Cardinals' sake, I mean, you know, on on one hand they 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 lost, which which sucks, especially since the Bears aren't that good either. But on the other hand, too, uh, it secures them having a better draft selection in, in the first round. Uh, so for the Bears, they win twenty seven to sixteen. Um, you know, Fields looked a, a lot better than he had done in previous weeks. And uh, for Murray and, and this offense, James Conner played well. Greg Dortch had an, uh, an awesome touchdown on a catch-and-run situation. But, um, yeah, they are, let me see, the Cardinals are, Cardinals are 3-12, 3-12. But last but not least, as I mentioned before, the Niners got their asses handed on on Christmas, uh, Christmas night, primetime game everyone was watching, which is, which is exciting. At least I was excited. But what's not exciting is for them to get their asses handed thirty-three to nineteen against the Ravens, and this was a matchup that I was really looking forward to with the number one team in the NFC versus the number one team in the AFC. 
And, you know, they might have lost, but they have so much more ahead of them because despite the loss, they, they have a 11-4 and record. And they still, you know, they uh, nothing really changed per se. And, and the reason why I say nothing changed is because the Niners still have the number one seed in the NFC conference. Um, you know, albeit they still need to... Now, uh, with this loss, they had to win outright to secure the number one seed, but they have an 11-4 record. They won the, the NFC West. But uh, I think it's just more so a statement of what this means because not only did the Niners lose convincingly at home, but you can make a case that Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Ravens, has solidified himself as the front runner to win the MVP award in the NFL. Standing behind that was Brock Purdy, who was, as of last week, favored. But, you know, Brock Purdy finally had a bad, not just bad game, he had his worst game of his career. And four picks. Uh, The Ravens had a total of five interceptions, one being to Darnold at the end as they tried to make it at a one-score game. But uh, Brock Purdy did not look good in this game. And, you know, they had a, uh, a very convincing opening drive to get into the red zone at the fifteen. He saw Debo open down the middle, but Kyle Hamilton was definitely looking at Purdy's way and uh, intercepted that, and that killed the momentum. And fast forward, he had picks two and three off a tipped uh, tip pass, went into Kyle Hamilton again with two interceptions for the game. And then the fourth interception was just a kind of a wonky one. It was... It was a game where the it was a play where the play was dead. It was a penalty on the offense, and I don't know it's quarterback awareness or maybe he thought the penalty was going to go on the defense, but he tried to throw a tight one to George Kittle, and that was picked off. Um, so yeah, four interceptions for Brock Purdy, not his best showing, uh, but it's a game where you know it, it might be to the Niners' benefit where they can learn, they can humble themselves up. They were winning. They were on a six-game winning streak prior to that, uh, so maybe to lose the way they did uh, against a very talented Ravens team uh, humbled them, got them ready, and, and should definitely get them on the right course to, to finish the season. Because uh, you know, as, as it stands, they they play the Commanders and the Rams in the next couple of weeks, and so if they win those two, like I mentioned before. They get the number one seed, and we can act like this game never really happened. It's a it's a blip in the schedule, potentially. Or this could uh, cave in, and maybe there's a little bit more to this loss. But uh, I, I'm on the former rather than the, the latter assessment on, on what this loss means for the Niners. So slate, you have the Niners at 11-4, the Rams at 8-7, and seven, the Seahawks at 8-7, and seven, and the Cardinals at 3-7. and seven. So potentially, or not even potentially, well... Yeah, yeah, I guess potentially. So you have the Niners for sure making the playoffs, whether they take the number one seed or they, they fall down, depending on how they end their season. Uh, that could be something to monitor. And then you have the Rams and the Seahawks tied at eight and seven. I mentioned this before. One of them is going to make the playoffs. Uh, so it's up it's up to them. For the Rams' sake, if they win the next two games, they're they're in. If the Rams stumble and the Seahawks win out right, then they're in. Like that, that should be really fun. And then you have the Cardinals at three and twelve, um, trying to finish strong, but at the same time, you know, build for the future and, and see 
what players that they have to rebuild and, and keep and, and move forward with this new regime with John Gannon and, and company. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next games at hand, which is week 17. It's crazy to think about week 17 because for those that are still playing fantasy football, uh, for more for more times than not, this means that uh, it's going to be the last week for fantasy football. It's fantasy football championship unless you're playing in a Bush League where championship matters on week 18. But uh, yeah, uh, that is a big reason why I'm going to be watching football. I'm going to be watching football regardless, but week 17 still has a lot of implications, as I mentioned, whether it's the Niners, the Rams, or the Seahawks. But it's good to have your division still play for December football, where it counts. Shout out to the Rams and Seahawks for making that happen. Okay, so onwards, we got week 17. Let, uh, let's go first. Okay, so 10 a.m. game, you have the Niners on a certain week since they played on Monday, uh, going across the country against the Commanders, Washington. Yep, Washington Commanders. And so it opened at 13 and a half. The Niners are currently favored, as of now, 13. Uh, ooh, it's, it, it's looking like a higher scoring game at over under 49 and a half, which is higher than I expected. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know the Commanders, their defense has been pretty bad. They've been, I think they've been allowing like 30 yards per game like the last several weeks. Not good. Shout out to Chase Young and Montez Sweat for being on other teams. Sweat being on the Bears, Chase Young obviously being on the Niners. So yeah, this Commanders team hasn't been good. And as of today, it, it got announced that Sam Howell, who's been struggling the last couple of weeks, he got bets a couple times last game, that Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback moving forward for the Commanders, which could be either really good or really bad, depending on how you spin it for the Niners. Because the Niners, as you saw against Lamar Jackson can struggle against mobile quarterbacks. So it should be good practice for the Niners as they've been dealing with mobile quarterbacks all season, whether it's Dak Prescott, whether it's Jacoby Brissett now, or Jalen Hurts, or Lamar Jackson, or Kyler Murray. So they get another round of mobile quarterback play. But even then, I don't know. Is Jacoby Brissett really a mobile quarterback now uh, at this stage in his career, or was he ever really? Am I just... Anyways... uh, Niners favored by 13. This should be a game where, coming off a pretty embarrassing loss, they should be pissed off. Uh, I think the biggest thing about them that everyone should be concerned is from that game on Monday, you had Brock Purdy leaving the game early with a stinger. Uh, Now, reports say that he he could have played the game again uh, and, and come back that game, but the game was out of hand, and honestly, he got... He got hit the week before against the Cardinals uh, for another stinger thing. So I can understand why the the Niners were cautious. But uh, we don't really know how bad that injury was against the Ravens. So um, who knows? Uh, What would he get out of Purdy this game on a short week? Same thing goes with Trent Williams, their star left tackle, who left the game late in the game with a growing injury. Post game, he said he'll be all right. But once again, short week. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, another thing to note, too, is uh, the Niners, I I, I guess Armstead is probably not going to play this game again. Um, He might not play the rest of the regular season because if you just look at the tea leaves, the Niners signed defensive tackle, former Charger, former Ram, Sebastian Joseph Day, who's, you know, he he was their starting defensive tackle on the Chargers, and I was surprised that he got released when the... 
well, when Brett and Staley got fired a couple weeks ago, but uh, I was looking through Twitter and, you know, a lot of Charger fans weren't too happy with Sebastian Joseph Day anyways, so maybe there's something I'm missing, but you know, starting caliber defensive tackle or someone of his of his merit to get so late in the season is is a nice upgrade, but it also might have some concerns about Eric Armstead, maybe that he won't be playing until postseason. Uh, he's been dealing with, I think, plantar fasciitis, something with his foot, uh, ankle. He's been dealing with a lot of stuff lately this past month, so uh, a good come up for them. Uh, so we'll see how this defensive line can can roll without, without once again, Armstead. Javon Hargrave came back last week. He had one sack, I believe, against Lamar Jackson, but... Uh, I think that the biggest theme outside of Brock Purdy and this offense and the team responding after losing to the Ravens is, on a side note, it's going to be Chase Young. Chase Young, as I mentioned before, was a former commander, top first round pick, top three pick for, uh, at that, and he gets to play his former team after getting traded, and he's from the, uh, I think is I think he's formerly from Maryland, so his hometown is not too far away. I'm sure Chase Young would like to make this the Chase Young game, and he would have nothing, nothing better other than to spoil and ruin any chance of the Commanders winning against his former team. So, you know, for the Niners, it's a statement game for them, per se, but at the same time, too, as we wind down on this season, a lot of injuries are starting to pop up. They just got to make sure that they can get away with this win because they have to win this game. Um, for the Niners' sake, they need to win outright to secure the number one seed. Uh, but can they do it convincingly without getting hurt? So I'll, I'll be intrigued to see if Trey Williams does play and you know how they manage CMC and just the rest of this gang. But uh, you have the Niners pissed off off this loss. They're favored by 13. And usually I, I like to take the points, especially uh, when they're double digits. But... Um, you know, I, I don't see why not because the commanders they're not really um they're not really contending right now. So go ahead and give me the Niners, uh keep it at thirty thirty to twenty? No no no. Well no. Thirty to seventeen. Thirty to seventeen, so right at the spread at the thirteen or thirteen and a half. Niners roll on and hopefully they can take care of business and uh erase that taste of disdain which is losing okay 10 a.m game you have the cardinals going on the road to the eagles so it's going to be a battle of the birds kyler murray versus jalen hurts and for the eagles sake i mean they um i don't know if i'm I'm worried about the eagles but you know they they beat the giants but (laughs) there there was a stretch where the giants were coming back like jalen hurts threw a pick six they got it to um to two score game, like it, it was kind of wonky at, at the end. Uh, they took care of business. They did not cover their spread. I think the spread for them was like fourteen for that game on on Monday afternoon. But uh, this Eagles team is, uh, you know, thankfully for them, they were able to erase their. I think they were on a three game Niners Cowboys Seahawks. They were on a three game losing streak, so they were able to take take out that disdain of, of losing and, and get back on the saddle against the Giants. But uh, interestingly enough, I thought, you know, if you were to look a month before, like this spread should be way higher, but the Eagles are favored by 10 and a half 
against the Cardinals over under 48 and a half. And um, they should be able to beat the Cardinals. I mean, this Cardinals defense hasn't been particularly good. Uh, they've been opportunistic, but, um, you know, they, um, they had a pick against the Bears last week, which was pretty sick. But, you know, uh, I think this Eagles team, at least for what I believe they are, especially at home, like the Cardinals are going East Coast, cold weather. They're from Arizona, by the way. Duh. I mean, they play in an indoor stadium, but they're going to play outdoors East Coast against the Eagles in December, which is not good for Kyler Murray, not good for this offense and defense, like this whole team. Uh, but, you know, um, I, I say those factors, but there's this X factor of John Gannon playing against his former team because he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles last year. So you have that going for them. Like the Cardinals, John Gannon specifically knows this team. So defensively, like the Cardinals should be able to put forth a, a good game, right? Right? Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I look at the matchups and like there's no way this Eagles team should be even close to um, losing to the Cardinals. But, you know, that's kind of interesting. Uh, that's kind of interesting. No other specific specific matchup makes me think otherwise, but, you know, John Connor has been running very well the last couple of weeks. Shout out to Connor and fantasy football owners that are going to be starting him for their fantasy football championships. And so I think that Connor and then this run game can certainly get it going against this Eagles defense. But I think uh, Kyler Murray is going to have his money cut out for him or He's going to have his work cut out for him against this defensive line and this pass rush. So we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, with this 10.5 spread, I think it could be closer uh, just because there's there's just something to it that makes me feel, feel that way, it's especially with Gannon knowing Jalen Hurts very well. Overall, uh, give, me, give, me the, give me the Eagles, uh, let's just say, 27-21, so a competitive game. Uh, Eagles roll on, take care of business, but don't count out this Cardinals team. I just I just have a weird feeling about this game. It could be kind of wonky. And the Eagles have, I mean, they, they won last week, but they haven't been playing great football. So I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Onwards, you have another East Coast game where the Rams are going to travel to New York uh, or, or Jersey or whatever. So the Rams are playing the New York Giants. The Giants, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they, they don't really want to win this game, I guess, uh, since they're rebuilding. But, you know, they could be a, a, a tough bunch. Tommy DeVito, the Italian quarterback that they had earlier, um, got benched last week in favor of Tyra Taylor. And it's ironic because, I mean, DeVito, he, he's been a good feel-good story. And get that bag. He's been getting a lot of endorsements within the community, uh, within the Italian community for that matter. But... They, they benched him in favor of Tyra Taylor, and when they put in Tyra Taylor, that's when they made their comeback. That's when it became a ball game against the Eagles. So Tyra Taylor presumably does get the start, uh, and the Rams are favored by 4.5, over under 43.5. And, and as I mentioned for like the third, fourth time, but the Rams need to win this game because if they win outright, they are in the playoffs. And so this is a good game. For them to, to get that done. Because they are the better team right now. They're the hot team right now. Stafford, Puka, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams. This offense is... They are they are hitting at the right time. 
And so this Giants defense, they, um, uh, well, I mean, they're a bend-don't-break defense per se, but uh, right now, just the momentum and how everything is going, the Giants can certainly make it close. You have Saquon Barkley, Tyra Taylor. Like, this offense, uh, Darren Waller is back off IR. Um, This offense can certainly compete, especially against this Rams defense, who's, you know, they've been having their moments as well, but um, I just think that this Rams team, considering how much they need this game and just how good they've been playing this this last month, I don't think anyone can really, well, I won't say anyone, but uh, I don't think this Rams team is going to lose to the Giants. Now, I know it's another cross-country game. Both the Niners and the Cardinals and the Rams, now that you think about it, they're all they're all traveling on the road to the East Coast. Actually, Steelers too. They're going to, they're going against the Steelers as well in Pittsburgh. So, if the Rams take care of business as I expect them to, to do, I think they roll on the Giants, uh, a Giants team that is in disarray, that are waiting for this season to end. So, give me the Rams twenty eight to ten, twenty eight to ten Rams. I think they win convincingly and set themselves up for a very spicy matchup against the Niners to end the season. Last but not least, we have the Steelers at Seattle. Oh, shoot. I, to- I totally messed up. So the Seahawks are at home. They're at Seattle. They're not going to Pittsburgh. And I can see... Okay, all right. So the Steelers are going on the road to play the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are favored by 3.5 over under 41.5. You know... Given how the Seahawks have been barely scraping by, but a win's a win, but convincing, emphatic victories to the Eagles, to the Titans, and now they have a pretty tough team against the Steelers. Uh, A Steelers team that really surprised everyone, uh, beating the shit out of the Bengals, actually, with Mason Rudolph under center, but this offense with George Pickens, like, George Pickens, for, for all intents and purposes... I lost one particular fantasy football game because I benched him uh, in favor of some other receivers, but George Pickens had a one hell of a ball game last week against the Bengals. He had like 200 yards and two touchdowns or some shit like that, but um, this offense is, uh, I won't say it's it's firing at all cylinders like the Rams, but they're playing a lot better, uh, and they're playing a, a Seahawks team where, you know, for the Seahawks team, I, I can understand why it's it's three and a half. As I've always mentioned before, if the Seahawks are, you know, in line with their opposition for the Steelers, if they're even, you give them three points. You give the home team three points. So the Seahawks are three and a half, so they're just slightly better than the Steelers. Um, you know, what do you make of the Seahawks offense? Like, they've um, they've been up and down uh, this past month, and so has their defense. So... I can understand why it's an even game in that sense. Geno Smith should be the quarterback. This run game with Ken Walker back and fully healthy, um, I, I think. And DK Metcalf is starting to, to come back on. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, a rookie. But, you know, at this late in the season, he's no longer a rookie because he's been getting a, a ton of snaps and he's been getting very much involved in this offense. And he's finally starting to, to really hit. Last game, he had six catches for 61 yards. Uh, the game before against the Eagles, he had four catches for 48, including the game-winning touchdown. So, yeah, man, I I, I think that this offense is um, 
uh, if they stay the course, they, they should be able to beat the Steelers team. But the Steelers' defense, notably their front seven, is, it's pretty scary. Um, give me the Seahawks, like, 20-17, to 17, uh, a close one. I think it can go either way. Uh, the Seahawks might do the same thing that they did the last couple of weeks, which is, you know, come back from behind and find a way to win in the final two minutes. Uh, I feel that it's going to be a close game. Uh, yeah, Seahawks 20-17, to 17, and they move on to the season finale where, theoretically speaking, if both the Rams and the Seahawks are 9-7, and seven, um, it's going to be, well... It, it's going to be a, a photo finish because as we look onwards, the Rams are going to be playing the Niners and the Niners are going to be playing a win for the number one seed and the Rams are going to be playing for uh, for playoffs. But then you also have the Seahawks going to Arizona against the Cardinals. So very spicy, very spicy in the NFC West. I can't wait to see what happens and... As we conclude this podcast, best of luck to all those that are still in fantasy football, whether you're playing for third place or for the championship. Like, Best of luck for you guys because this is when championships are won on waivers. So hopefully you guys get the squad that you need and win win the damn thing. So best of luck. Once again, thank you for checking out the Just the West podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, happy holidays. We out here. We out here. Peace.